Welcome to the FarmBeat podcast. FarmBits is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by the students at the University of Nebraska. The FarmBits podcast comes to each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agricultural industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with a new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, FarmBits followers, and welcome to another episode of the FarmBits podcast. I'm Katie Bathy. And I'm Natasha Manny, and we are glad to have you with us as we begin diving into the topic of digital agriculture tools and integrated pest management. Joining us today, we have Fernando, who will speak more about his research and experiences in pest management. Thank you again for inviting me and Hello to everyone who is watching us or listening to us. So, well, I'm an agronomist. Uh, I graduated in at Federal Institute of Triangulo Mineiro in Brazil. And as an undergrad student, I had the opportunity of going to the U.S. to University of California in Davis, where I spent one year as an undergrad student and researcher. And over there, I started working with Dr. Kristen Nansen. Uh, at the, the Department of Entomology. And basically, it's where I started learning about this science and about how to use remote sensing and all these digital tools in entomology. Then I came back to Brazil, graduated, and started my master's at the University of Sao Paulo, where I also did my PhD in entomology and uh, MBA in agribusiness. And ever since this, this, Last 10, 10 years, I have been working with integrated pest management and most of it with, with remote sensing to monitor pests in the field. So today I'm, I'm a professor at FAAGRO. It's an agribusiness university here. And I'm also a postdoc researcher at University of Sao Paulo. And now I'm working with radar technology to monitor pests. Uh, a little bit more advanced and, and hard to deal with, but we are getting there. Awesome. That's a great way to segue. If you could give us a little bit of a brief description about your research you did with remote sensing and pest management. Yes, sure. Uh, so basically, I've been working with uh, optical remote sensing. Uh, I have been trying to, to read the plants, how they reflect light, and based, based on how they reflect light, we can tell if, if there's a problem with this plant. We work with uh, controlled uh, situations here and, and environments. So we know that the problem is pests. <laughs> so we, we work with different species and different uh, densities, different pest uh, populations. And based on how the plants reflect the energy, we can say if something's going on with this plant and try to predict what's gonna happen in the field if this plant is, is uh, having an, an attack of this species. That's great. And your research is conducted in uh, Sao Paulo and, or that is another place in the state that you conducted that? No, I, I have been doing my research here at Sao Paulo State. Uh, most of what we've been doing is in, in controlled conditions, so lab conditions or greenhouse, but we also did 
some field work over the over the last two or three years in in big soybean fields, but they are located here in Sao Paulo State. Just just to make it easy to travel around and collect all the data and collect uh, plants and insects and and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So before we dive into the specific pest portion of this interview, can you talk to us about the intersection of integrated pest management and digital agriculture and what kind of makes this merger of these two topics really important? Sure, sure. Uh, I'm really happy to talk about it. I, I get excited talking about it because uh, I've always studied integrated pest management and I'm, I get excited about this all these concepts and all this knowledge that we have been learning for the last four or five decades. But now digital agriculture is a reality and we need to, to look at it and see how can we merge IPM and digital agriculture. So we have been talking a lot about precision pest management. So we respect, we understand all the bases of IPM we are not giving up on anything from IPM. Actually, we want to use all the tools, all the bases, all the strategies from IPM, but we need to adapt these, these uh, concepts or these tools to our, to our uh, today agriculture, the digital agriculture. So one of the bases of IPM is to monitor the fields and to know how much we have of each Best species, when they, they get there, where they are in the field, to choose the best tools to manage them. Uh, I see here a great opportunity to use digital tools, basically to, to monitor the fields, know where and when the pest arrives in the field and spreads over the field. And then we can use other uh, traditional tools or, agri or digital tools to manage these, these uh, populations, uh, especially. In hotspots, I have been talking about that, and not not just me, but whoever works with this technology always talks about using these tools to manage pests in the hotspots, not to spray the whole field if you know where and when the population is. Yeah, it's really important because, as you mentioned, sometimes you don't need to spray a whole field; it's just in so it helps farmers as well with the folks. Yeah, it is. It is good for the environment. It is good. It is good for the growers to spend less money to to use less pesticide. And well, it is it is the the task that we have now to know how to do that. Yeah. It is it is really nice to think about it, but we still need to know how to do it in the field. Fernando, can you tell us what type of pest um, are you able to monitor with this technology that you are using? And which crop you you are testing with as well? Yes, sure. Uh, I am people people ask this to me all the time, and the, the, always I say that one thing we know for sure is that we still don't have any tools developed or available to monitor all kinds of pests in any crop. It is really specific. We have the tools, but we still need to use them in the in proper ways. Uh, so I have been I have been working with soybean pests and basically with multispectral and hyperspectral sensors. And the best results we achieved so far uh, were when we studied caterpillars and also white flies. Uh, 
So I can talk to you a little. I can talk to you a little more about that. That's what I know. So I have been reading that we can monitor other kinds of pests in other kinds of crops, but my my small contribution to this field is is with soybean. And then with that, can you tell us a little bit more about the type of technologies growers can use to monitor and manage important pests? Yes, sure. Um, so we, we have many optical sensors available and they are being used, especially when, when we attach them to drones or when we have them attached to satellites. And we have been using them for other reasons, like for nutrients management or water management. I, I have seen many episodes in this podcast regarding nutrients and water. And we can use this, this same tools, but we still need to, to understand a little more of the details. Like uh, when we talk about multispectral sensors, uh, we, we can say that the grower is going to know that there is something wrong in the field. But what's going on is still a little, is still a little hard to say. So based on that, we, we say that hyperspectral sensors can help us uh, telling what's going on in the field and where it is happening and when it is happening to monitor the best way. Another digital tool that has been used so far in, in very big fields are the automated traps. So they are just not just a simple advance, but it is, it is not a, a groundbreaking technology. We have the traps that have been used for a long time with, with uh, pheromones. And we have cameras on them now. And when the insect gets there, we have uh, pictures or we have the data sending information to the growers every day. Like you have some moths getting in your field. You have to pay attention that in a few days, you're going to have caterpillars and you need to, to manage them. So these are just some examples of digital tools that can help the growers a lot. Nice. And well, since you already mentioned some technologies that farmers can use, and you already have mentioned some benefits to use of these uh, tools, uh, but you have another um, benefit that you can say when farmers use tools in the digital field, because we know the cost is not uh, low to use mm -hmm. those techniques. So, what would be the, the most benefit for farmers to have this? Well, uh, we like to think that spraying less pesticides is going to be really good for the environment and for the, the growers' income. Also, using this kind of tools, uh, growers might be able to, to monitor the, the populations when they are still getting to, to densities that cause problems to them. Like, we, we don't say that they should manage before economic thresholds or injury thresholds, but these digital tools can give them some advice. Like, in a few days, you're going to have a big problem. So you can be aware and you can choose wisely which option, which tool you can use. Like, today, most of what is done is when the... the when we see pest outbreaks in the field, 
Growers are going to spray chemical pesticides all over the field. Uh, but we have many more options like biological uh, tools and that can be used if, if you know that the population is still in lower levels, is still getting to, to injury, injury thresholds. Uh, so we can, we can think about many other benefits, but mostly I say that reduction in pesticide use is, is the best one. And I mean, even in time, right? Because to scout the, the field, it takes uh, time as well. Sure. sure, 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 sure. Like we say that uh, grain fields here in Brazil, like maize or soybean or cotton fields, we have really, really, really large fields, and thousands and thousands of acres. And it is, it is really challenging to, to monitor these fields with, uh, not with traditional tools, like with, with the eyes, with people walking all over the field. And basically what we see is that many, many growers don't do monitoring. They just spray on a calendar basis. And if you go back to the basis of IPM, it's completely wrong. Like you don't need to, to manage something that you don't know if it is there or how many of them or where they are. So the, using digital tools, we can, we will probably know in, in some years where the pest is, how many of them that are, when they get to the field, and then choose widely the best tools to manage them. Yeah, so you've talked quite a bit about these technologies and the importance of growers using them. Can you now talk to us a little bit about the types of data that these tools are collecting and how that can become useful for the grower? Yes, sure. Um, I say that in, in the research that we do, it is nice to have as many data as possible. But for growers, they need simple answers. They need simple information like, uh, in that field, you have a problem and with these species or that species or with caterpillars or with stink bugs. Uh, using the automated traps that we talked before, they can know basically which species of uh, moth and caterpillar is there. But based on optical sensors, we still cannot say for sure which species is there and how, what kind of problem they are going to have. Uh, so we still need to develop more uh, the, the, the analysis tools and, and how to deliver information to the growers because talking to growers and going to the field, we say that whatever, what, what they want for sure is like a message in, in the cell phone saying, you have a problem in the field, go there and do something. They don't want to, to look at beautiful maps uh, with, with all kinds of colors and densities. And they want to know what's going on and how, how to manage this. So I think, I think this is where we need to, to get. And Fernando, we saw that one of your uh, research was focused on white white. Can you talk about it? So can you tell us if it's possible to use the remote sensing to, uh, to monitor this test and how it can be done? Yes, so it is possible. 
Uh, we say that it is possible based on, on science, based on what we did in lab conditions and greenhouse conditions. And actually, we, we went a little further uh, because we know that looking, looking at talking to growers and looking at the, the weather, uh, they always say that during the uh, raining season here in Brazil, if there are some days that are dry, the white fly populations usually grows a lot. Uh, so we, we said, well, we need to look at that. So we had different uh, soybean plants with different water densities. Uh, uh, so we saw that plants that didn't have as much water as they should have, they, they were more uh, preferable by white fly. And also we did some remote sensing with this. So basically what the answer that we got is that, yes, we can say that one plant is infested by, by white fly. And also we could say that some plants are more preferable to white flies based on their reflectance that is a result of their water deficiency. So we can think about other possibilities regarding regarding this this matter like nutrient deficiency or water deficiency uh, it is a way of going still a little more uh, far uh, farther like you can say that these plants are, uh, are likely to to be to be preferred by the pest so it's one step ahead yeah yeah and then could you I don't know if you have an example of the use of UAV in pest management that you could share with us, like one that you seem to be uh, really beneficial. Yes, sure. So UAVs uh, are vehicles, right? They, they, are, they are flying robots. And the technology that, that we see there is basically is, is what we attach to them. We can attach sensors and monitor the field. We can attach natural enemy releasers and, and release natural enemies all over the field. We can attach a sprayer and spray a chemical pesticide in the hotspots. Here in Brazil, we, we saw a huge advancement in the use of biological control, especially in, in sugarcane fields and soybean fields. And it is 100% it is, uh, uh, based on the use of drones to release natural enemies. Before the drones, we needed men walking all over the field, releasing some plastic, plastic cups with uh, wasps or with mites. And now we see drones flying all over the field, releasing these natural enemies with uh, a really high efficiency and, and much cheaper and much faster than a man can do. I think that's really interesting that you talk about biological controls. My previous research was in biological control. So I really like that that was, that drones are being used in that. I like that. Yes, they are. They are. And going back to one of your research that we, we, we found. So you work at, uh, with, as you mentioned, hyperspectral proximal imaging. And so you, you test this technology with four major pests in Brazil, right? So can you tell us a little bit about those pests and also um, what you could find with those uh, with this research? 
Yes, sure. So before we did that research, uh, I dived in the, the literature and I thought that uh, sucking insects would be, would, would be better for me to have interest. So I decided to work with two instinct bugs and two caterpillars, two chewing insects. And I was really happy to see that at the end of the research, our best results were achieved with the caterpillars. And then we started to think about this. And so what we did uh, for 10 days, we had uh, different numbers of insects per plant in a cage in the greenhouse. And uh, at day zero, day five and day 10, we took some samples and we, we checked how, how these plants were reflecting the energy based on a hyperspectral sensor. And we, we saw that even like ever, after only five days of the insect feeding on the plant and in population densities below the, the injury levels, we could say that this plant was being attacked based on how the plant was reflecting light. So if we think about how, use, uh, thinking about how to use this in the field, maybe in the future, as I said before, we can tell the grower that the, there is a problem going on and this problem is increasing and they should be aware and not just to, to manage a problem after it is a big problem. Uh, and regarding the stink bugs, uh, even at big densities, at uh, 10 days of, of the past feeding on the plant, we didn't have uh, enough change in the, in the way the plant was reflecting light. And then we, we started thinking about that and it makes sense because the, the insects were feeding on the pods and it would take a little longer for the plant to have a physiological change that could be uh, seen by the sensor regarding how the, light, uh, the, the leaf was reflecting the light. So in this research, we, we concluded that hyperspectral sensors can be used to monitor chewing insects, uh, caterpillars, uh, even at densities lower than injury thresholds for the soybean conditions here in Brazil. Yeah, and with your research and your experience, do you happen to have an example of, or know of any technology that could be used for insect resistant management? Well, in, for field work, uh, to my knowledge, I, I don't know any examples, mm -hmm. but I know that in, in the lab, especially the use of molecular tools and digital tools uh, yeah. merged with these molecular tools, the researchers are having huge advanced advances, uh, basically studying the, the genetic base uh, and the molecular base of resistance. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about this challenge that the farmers face when to, to try to differentiate about bio, biotic and abiotic uh, issues? Yes, this is our uh, most challenging uh, thing here now in this in this research. I like to say that using multispectral sensors that are the ones that are available, that are cheap, that are easy to use and we can we can find many different options. Uh, we are measuring like the, the fever, 
Like if, if a person has something, has a health problem, has fever, okay, but what is the cause? What is going on there? So we need other tools. And regarding optical remote sensing, we say that hyperspectral sensors uh, are, are these tools, are the tools that we can use to try to differentiate and, and the stressors that are causing problems in the plant. Well, one thing is that uh, plant pathogens or nutrient deficiency or water deficiency or even the pests, basically they change the, the plant structure and the, the, the way the plant does pho photosynthesis. And by that, we say that the plant is reflecting more or less light. Uh, so we need to do a lot of research to try to see which uh, wavelengths where in the, the spectral uh, part of the light one insect is changing or one pathogen is changing. And we, we say that we are looking for uh, reflectance patterns, like a signature from each, each kind of stressor. And so it is, a, it is a huge work that should be done by many people in many different conditions. And if data are shared, we will probably have, have a faster advance. Like if you in the US know what we are doing here in Brazil or what people are doing in China, we will for sure advance much faster in, in this technology. And I like that this comparison between, because when you got fever, so we need to look more about what is the, the main reason for this. And it's the same with you, because yeah. the digital tools can help us to, to know where the problem is. So we can go there and then uh, look for, for the reason. Yes, we say that here because, because some people, some growers and or some crop consultants, they say, oh, this technology is not ready yet. And I say, well, if you don't have these digital tools, how would you monitor thousands of acres? You don't monitor thousands, thousands of acres. So if only you, you know that something is going on in this part of the field or that point or that, that point, you can tell someone to go there and look and see what's going on, right? You don't, go, you don't do like a, a blind monitoring. You go to, to specific points of the field and you, you just check what is going on there. It is, it is one advance. We, of course, we want to get to a point where the drone or the satellite just collects all the data and tell us what's going on. We still, we still didn't get there. Maybe in the next 10, 20, 30 years, we are going to get there. I like to say that today we are, we are a little closer than we were yesterday. We are not there yet. Yes. We are a little closer than yesterday. Yeah. So we're going to kind of shift this into more of a um, some of our questions about grower adoption. So do you have growers who are interested in trying digital technologies for pest management in Brazil? And if so, what kind of tools have they been using? Yes, uh, there was a really, really nice uh, research done by Embrapa, which is a public uh, research institution for, for agriculture here in Brazil, like USDA. And so they were asking growers, do you use any digital tool? And 
I think 70 or 80% of them were using. And which kind of tools? Well, they were using their cell phones. They were sending messages. They were getting quotes. They were talking to crop consultants. They were talking to their neighbors using digital tools. And okay, and but this is what most of them were doing. Uh, and of course, some of them were using uh, really advanced tools like all kinds of sensors and and knowing everything about their machines, how they are how they are moving, how much field they are using, and, and all kind of stuff. Uh, using maps, using yield maps, using soil maps, soil fertility maps. And mostly what we are we where we see much of the advance is in nutrient uh, management. And I would like to see some more advance in in plant health, uh, plant protection, like plant pathogens and weed and weed management and insect management. Yeah, I think as you, you just mentioned about the, the research that Indafa did about the the use of digital tools for farmers in Brazil, and they use more cell phone and like uh, sharing the message with the neighborhoods. So I think this may be one of the reasons is because maybe the use of digital tools is still not accessible for every farmers, right? Because as you mentioned, there is a cost, and even some farmers doesn't know uh, how it works as well. So, um, in your opinion, do you think this type of technique can be accessible for every farmers in the future? And how it can um, happen in the future? You know, do you think, for example, if we have more um, more work together with universities in Brazil with farmers, maybe it could help farmers to learn more about how to use this uh, technique? Yes, sure. Uh well, I see some different ways we can get there. The first one is for us researchers and, and the industry to have simple tools. Like uh, if you like we were saying before, if if you have a tool that sends a message to the to the grower, everyone now has a cell phone, everyone now has has uh, access to to internet and 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 now all kind of communication so if we have simple tools i'm saying i'm saying digital tools so all the research all the the groundbreaking technology is in the industry or is in the university but the information is simple to the growers and also one other way is um is if the growers work together like in co-ops uh, like one big grower it is really easy for for the grower to buy a drone or to buy a uh, to to have access to satellite data for for his farm, but for a small for a small grower it is not accessible. But if ten of of them or fifteen of them work together and buy a, a digital tool and buy a, a really advanced equipment, they can share this this equipment and they can they can use the most of it. Also by service providers. If they don't want to buy the, the technology, if they don't want to buy the tool, the equipment, a company can buy it and sell the service 
to, to the growers, not, not just to sell the equipment. So we have different ways to, to take the digital agriculture to, to small growers as well. And this is where everyone wants to get. I, I love that perspective and kind of your thoughts on reaching more than just the larger growers in the digital ag community. I think that's really important. Um, so we were kind of wondering, what are your biggest challenges you faced with your personal research and kind of how you overcame that? Well, uh, first of all, when when we bought the equipment, we didn't know anything about it. So... We needed to to talk to other researchers and learn and and study and read. So some of the tel- of the challenges were technical. And well, if you do field work, if you are in a in a plant science major, if you are an agronomy major, you need to know that every time you think about field work, you need to think a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So for over the last three seasons, many many different. Uh, situations happened like you you ask the grower not to to spray anything and in the other day the, the grower is spraying pesticide or you travel one or two hours to collect data and it's raining and tomorrow you go again and it's raining again and oh many kind of of technical challenges but it is also the best way to learn like if you go to the field if you look at the plants if you look at the insect if it is, it is the best way to learn. You need to have all the reading, you, ha- you need to have all the basic, but it is really important to have applied knowledge as well. So about the future of digital tools and adjacent um, technology uh, that farmers can use, what is your vision for this, uh, this topic? Oh, I I would really like to see uh, an increase in the adoption of IPM based on the use of digital tools. This is this is what I would like to see. Uh, uh, I never say that integrated pest management is going to be in the past. No, it is it is the basic. It is the basis of precision pest management. And what I would like to see in the future is all these ideas that we have been talking over the last minutes being applied, like a sensor that can tell the grower where the insect is getting in the field, how much it is spreading in the field. And you have like a drone that go that can move to this hotspot and spray a selective pesticide or release natural enemies and control this this population just in the hot spot. Um, yeah, this is this is my vision of of pest management in agricultural in digital agriculture. That'd be great. Yeah. Is there anything we didn't talk about today that you might want to add or mention to share with our listeners? Well, sure, I would like to say that uh, I define myself as a bridge. Like I, I am an agronomist. I love studying plants and insects, but I'm 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 really excited about the digital tools as well. And it, it is impossible for one to know everything about the about the digital tool, everything about pest management, everything about agriculture. But if you know all the bases and if you can communicate 
with these two worlds, like being a bridge, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be successful in this in this new agriculture. That is true. Uh, so, Fernando, we're going to go for our last question on our interview. So, we have a tradition that we like to ask for a piece of advice. So, what advice do you have for farmers that are facing challenges with pest management? Well, don't give up on the research. Listen to listen to what we are we are saying. Listen to what we are doing. Uh, and farmers have to know that we we are playing for the same team. We want yeah. we want them to be successful. We want them to be profitable. Uh, we know that this is their life. This is what they do uh, to to raise their family. And, and so, if if they if they work with us help us developing the tools and listen to us and and don't don't give up on research i think we we are gonna have a we are gonna have a, a nice future for pest management thank you very much to fernando for taking time to join this episode on the Farm Beat podcast. It's really exciting to know more about how farmers can utilize advanced techniques to integrate the pest management practice. One of my favorite parts of this episode is when Fernando mentioned the use of UNV in biological control. I would have to agree. I also really enjoyed his perspective on what advanced remote sensing techniques can do for the future of pest management and agriculture. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week on FarmBits. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the FarmBits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or whenever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback, so if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank you, Nebraska Extension, for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the host and guest on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Beats.